Hi, I'm Jonathan Stroud. Welcome to the first Freedom to Think podcast, giving you a little bit of time and space to explore your imagination. The thing about being a writer is you spend lots of time on your own, scribbling away, lost in your own thoughts. Which is fun, of course, it keeps you off the streets. But sometimes it's nice to be a bit more social and actually communicate with a real-life person. And for a while now, I've been keen to chat to a variety of creative people to find out what makes them tick. I'm interested in how they find time to do their work, how they keep going, what inspires them, and basically hope to steal any good tips they can give me about how to maximise your creativity. So for this first podcast, I went along to see my good friend and fellow scribbler, Joe Cottrell. Joe is the author of a whole range of fantastic books for children and young adults, including A Library of Lemons, about a girl and her emotionally withdrawn father who were brought together through the power of stories. Her most recent novel, The Brilliant Jelly, in which the heroine achieves happiness through creative expression. And one of my favourite young adult novels of recent years, Looking at the Stars, in which a girl in a refugee camp brings hope to others by her gift for storytelling. Joe and I met up in a quiet cafe in a small village near Oxford. I say it was quiet, you might hear the odd cappuccino machine in the background. And we launched straight in by talking about how we collect ideas. Well, um, I'm in the cafe uh, in a little village called Quainton in, uh, in Oxfordshire um, with uh, Joe Cottrell. And Hello. You tell yourself stories as you go around, Joe, because obviously you, you, you've written lots of books and yes. you are um, a sort of creative person in, in lots of different ways. And, yeah. Um, you go along and you absorb strange villages or odd odd locations you you, you take photographs do you mm-hmm. do you make notes or does it all just no. go into your head and, and um... no in fact um i always feel a bit guilty you know that that rule that writers are supposed to carry a notebook yes i i don't it's a bit of a cliche isn't it? i never carry a notebook i did once yeah i didn't write in it at all my then four-year-old scribbled on all the pages when she was bored and <laughs> i don't i don't write down ideas i just don't i'm I tend to think that I have enough ideas that the best ones, the ones that are going to work, will stick in my head. You know, they're the ones that niggle away at you. They yes. won't go away. But, and sometimes they join up with another idea that you have. And once they've, it's kind of like magnets, they stick together and they build new stories out of them. But um, but it, it needs to be in my head on its own. I don't... So at what point do you actually start piecing them together, you, that would be in your head as well. You, 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 one day you'd be on a walk or something and you'd, you'd suddenly think, oh, that, those two things, yeah. they, they clink together and, and that gives you a bit of electricity. I, uh, yes, write, yes, write, you and that's write, when I start writing. That's when you'll write it down. Yeah, hmm. that, but I, I, would be, I would start at the beginning. That I would have the first couple of paragraphs, I would know how it starts, and I would have a concept of the story. Like, as in, this story is generally about this situation, yeah. with, or this character in this particular place. Um, and it's funny, I, I prefer to write without a plan, um, but I don't, I don't completely feel my way. Um, I do, when I start writing, I, um, I need to know who my main character is, and their situation, and what the setup is, mm. and, and you know what the concept is. Um, and I need to know one major thing that happens in the story. 
like one major event um, and I need to know roughly what state my character is in by the end of the story but that's all I know and so then you, I just so you'll have that on a little piece of paper somewhere um, no just in my head oh, in your head yeah oh my goodness yeah well it's not very much to remember really oh, sorry, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I get, I get very, I get very obsessive about um, not forgetting things. So okay. I'm always, if I have an idea, I'm always uh, prone to scribbling it down somewhere. Even if, weirdly, I never look at it again. The, the idea of yeah. actually writing yeah, yeah, it down yeah. uh, helps me. So I, I have all these uh, notebooks and files with frenzied little bits of scribblings. Um, the, the actual, the actual act of of putting something on paper, yeah. um, pen and paper. This is not not this is not yeah, a computer. Not, it, no. It's definitely a pen and paper thing. Yeah. That that's almost the first. It almost solidifies it for me. Yeah. It, because otherwise, it's too fleeting, and I don't trust it. I think probably in some ways, my books, I see them in sort of halves or thirds. Um, quite often, something like the main event that I've that I've thought of might happen. Pretty much in the middle of the book. Mm. So, um, for example, in the Library of Lemons, the the main the moment of the book where everyone goes <gasps> um, happens pretty much exactly in the middle of the book. And so it's a kind of before and after type story. Yes. You know, there's there's the build up to this moment, this sort of reveal, and then then what happens. I after think it was almost physically in the middle of the book. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I remember noticing it. Uh, yeah. That, that sometimes you, you look at it and you think, oh, it's structured. And that's not very classic, you know. That's not how you're taught to structure a story. <laughs> there should be, you know, you, you should have your inciting incident near the beginning. And, and actually, there is one of those in Library of Lemons. It's because um, Calypso, the main character, um, makes a new friend. That's the inciting incident. But the sort of. The big game changer. The big game changer, yeah, the twist, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is, is smack bang in the middle. Yeah. So I knew the book needed to be, this is how weird I am about writing, I, I knew the book needed to be about 40,000 words, and so that particular scene had to come at 20,000 words in. So the first 20,000 words had to be carefully structured to build up to that moment. Oh, right, okay. And then, and then it would be, and usually the second half of my book is slightly weaker because of the not planning. That's usually <laughs> the bit in which my editor goes, hmm, not really quite sure you figured out how this happens at the end. I'm like, damn, you noticed. Because <laughs> <laughs> editors are really clever like that. So usually for me, the second half of the book is the one that needs more work. But it's a kind of tentpole structure, isn't it? So yeah. you've got, you, in the centre of the book, you've got your... You've got this classic or important key event, which yeah. is the which is the the pole that holds up both sides of the tent. Yeah, um, I and, thought of it like that. Um, but yeah, I, yes. I, I think um, uh, Library of Lemons is very satisfying. But and, and similarly with with Jelly as well, which is mm. your your most recent one. So what was your initial concept for for Jelly? Because quite a lot of things go on. Yes. So my initial concept for Jelly was overweight girl who doesn't go on a diet. That's what I wanted. I wanted because. Um, I met a friend whose daughter is a bit overweight and who was nine at the time and she said to me, I wish there was a book for my daughter that was just about being her size and being happy and being okay. Um, and her daughter was very active, did lots of sports, loads of swimming, um, but she was aware that she was, you know, the biggest in the class and, and it's just... Uh, there, there comes a point, particularly for girls, but for boys also, where you, you do start to notice what everyone else thinks about your appearance. That was my initial idea. I wanted to do her. And I wanted to do um, her discovering that she could be stronger than she thought, that she didn't have to hide behind this persona. Because I think a lot of us create 
a persona um, that makes us socially acceptable um, in lots of ways. And of course, you have different faces for different groups of people, yes, whoever you're with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that, I think, applies to all of us throughout our lives because it's necessary. Yes. You have to have those. Yeah. But I wanted to show that there was a way for kids to not, not just get stuck in one way of, of being, that there were other possibilities and that, and that she didn't have to um, keep sucking it up, basically. Mm. Um, so there was a chance for her to go, actually, this is not okay. One of the things that really interested me about um, uh, you know, several of your books is this uh, sort of current theme that uh, emotional well-being is quite closely linked to creative um, fulfilment. In, in um, for example, in the Library of Lemons, the main character spends the first half of the book up to the tent pole. Um, she's, she's, she she ticks a lot of boxes as far as you know your 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 teachers might. Uh, you know, traditionally, you want your kids to read books. Yes, you yes. do. And this girl spends all the time reading books. She loves books. She loves stories. She just absorbs, absorbs, absorbs. Fantastic. But it isn't until she starts, with the aid of her friend, um, becoming much more um, uh, sort of a active in her creativity. Mm. That to, they write together. They write together. They, they start to let these stories out mm. again. So she's got all these stories sort of tight inside her, and then she lets it out. Um, and that's part of the, 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 the thing that makes her um, happier, and also ultimately uh, sort of saves her father as well, yes. who's, who's, who's tied up in his own, in his own because world. Because towards the end of the book, he writes something for her. Um, well, not specifically for her, but he, mm. he starts to write about himself and, and his own experiences, and she continues the story for him, and that brings them closer together as well at the end. But it's interesting what you said earlier about what did I have at the beginning of Jelly to start it, and, and what was the you know, the, the, the tent pole in Jelly. And actually, in some ways, I've sort of been a little bit disingenuous about the event being right in the middle because actually what I tend to do, and I only thought about this early um, last year, when I was asked how I, how I view the story arc of my book. And when you're at school, you're taught to write the story mountain. The story it. mountain? I hate it. Oh, yeah. So, you, you know, you set off and you've got your inciting incident, yes, which yes. is a little peak at the top, and then you have to climb and climb and climb over these obstacles and over these obstacles until you reach the peak, and that's the climax, and then you come down to the resolution. So oh. that's sort of the sense of drama and tension, all that kind of thing. And it works as an idea, it's fine. But I don't work like that at all, because that relies on plot, and I don't plot that way. I don't, I don't know what events are coming. All the events that happen in my books are driven by the characters and what they require. So if, if this character needs to be knocked over by something, then an event is created in order for that to happen. And so in fact what I do is create an emotional journey for the character and, and it's almost the reverse of the story mountain. So mm. they're, they're going along um, fairly <clears throat> stably in their own little world and yeah. then something happens to knock them off which for her, Calypso is meeting May um, the, the friend and she's knocked off that and then they start to build themselves up again and every now and again they get knocked down 
because you've got to keep knocking them down. You can't make it too yes. easy for your poor that's characters. The cruel author. The cruel master. That's right. And, and what you do is you build your character up and build your character up, making them stronger and stronger as they're overcoming these things and overcoming these things. And then just when you think they're about to achieve their moment of you know, strength, you drop them in the pit. And that's the lowest point they get. The opposite of the mountain. The opposite of the mountain. Because yes. whatever it is, um, it needs to be, things are getting better and you, you've got this yeah, hope that the yeah. character's going to be yes, okay yes. and then you knock it all down and that happens for Jelly towards the end yes. of the book. It's almost a diametrical opposite to the mountain, yes. the mountain in the, in the, the famous uh, story mountain. One thing that I was, um, the, 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 the interest in me, as, a, as, a, as someone who likes to write as well, I obviously respond really well to um, for example, Jelly, where in the book the girl secretly writes lots of poems and she keeps it in a book under the bed. And the poems are great because you put them, actually write them in handwriting form as if taken out of a notebook and they're interspersed with the, mm. uh, with the chapters. Um, and then they, they, they break it up really beautifully and actually do feel very, very separate from the, yes. the narrative. Um, and then later on, this, this, this chap turns up and he, he, he's, he's a musician. And I know that you yes. yourself um, trained as a musician, or at least mm. did a lot of music um, uh, over, over the course of your career. So there's a real sense in which um, um, being creative in some form uh, in your book is, a, is, is, a, is part of being a healthy, happy yeah. individual. And um, this the whole freedom to think idea that you know, I... I as a kid, I needed to go off into a corner yes. like Jerry and you know write stuff or do do pictures or make comics or whatever. It doesn't matter what it was, but I had my own little world, yes. um, which is kind of what I'm still doing yes. to this to this very yeah. day. Um, but are, are we saying that everyone needs to do this? Is it an essential thing? Yes, I think I am saying everybody needs that. I don't think everybody needs it to the same extent. Um, I think some people feel absolutely stifled if they can't do something creative. Mm. But then creativity is a really broad term. I mean, maths is creative. So I don't think I would necessarily limit creativity to the arts as such. Um, but I do think creativity, in, for me, involves a connection with open-mindedness connection with imagination um, and understanding that you yourself are not complete yet. I mean, you know, studies have shown over the years that, that the arts, music, drama, dance, writing, creativity in, the, in, those, in, the, in the traditional sense of arts are massively beneficial mm. for people, massively. Mm. Um, and it, we see that in children a lot. You know, if you see... Um, uh, children in deprived areas, children who have been traumatised by war or other events or family problems um, and you give them painting classes or music or those children can blossom in a way that they couldn't do before. Um, but I also wish that we would apply that to adults. I feel like you, you need time and space to yourself, yeah. whether it be to go for, a, go for a nice healthy walk or to read a, read a book or go to the cinema, or just stare into space, and actually remind yourself who you are, uh, you know, in a way that isn't just simply ticking the, ne the next box. I, I, I personally find that very hard to, to achieve, and, I, mm. and I, I know that I benefit when I manage somehow to rest a little piece of free time that isn't connected to any of the, the obligations that, yes. that, that I have as a sort of a, as an adult or as a 
father or as a as a, a as a writer. That's one of the weird things about being a writer that mm. actually you're doing as your job. You're doing the thing that traditionally gave you that pleasure and that release. Yeah. So it's very, you're very very lucky. I mean, yeah. I, I I feel incredibly lucky that yes. I can I can sit at my desk nine to five and write stories about um, ghost hunters Made and genies and, and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, and it's actually you know earning me some money yes. and keeping me you know, me alive. But also it's it, it's giving me this 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 escape and this yes. and this um, uh, and this release. But yes, we all need it, don't we, in some form. Yes. But it's interesting what you say about needing space and time alone, because I think, I mean, I would definitely agree with that, but then I'm an introvert. I suppose really the message in most of my books is about connections and about listening and about empathy and about seeing the world from other people's points of view. I think it's so important to keep listening. I, 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 I'm not very good with confrontations. I don't like arguments with people unless they're progressive because most arguments are not progressive because in the argument people are not listening to each other properly. Sure. Yeah. You know we have more in common than we do differences um, and that arts are a way whether it's through storytelling, whether it's through painting, whether it's through you know music all of those things bring people together in communities. And we don't have community in quite the same sense that we used to, you know, go back 50 years, 100 years, whatever. And um, because of the um, because of the sort of decrease in importance of religion as well, mm. in this country particularly, I think, um, not that I'm a massive fan of religion, but I do think that it gives people communities, and those are really important. Mm. Because that's how you feel part of something. And if, you're, if you don't feel like you belong, that has implications for your mental health. Arts are such a can be such a joyous thing as well. You know, if you if if you're somebody who enjoys singing, singing in choir is yeah. is amazing. Yeah. It gives you a kind of feeling that is almost impossible to describe. Um, but you come out feeling better because you've done it. So yeah. You were because you, music was very important to you when you were you were young. Yes. I, I think I read somewhere that you didn't um, necessarily do masses of writing when you were young, is that, is that true? No, I mean, I, music was almost the way that you, you wrote yes. songs and you, you played lots yeah. of instruments. Yeah. Presumably you were in various, were you in bands and orchestras yeah, and things? Orchestras, yeah, orchestras, yeah, lots of orchestras. It was, it was mostly classical based. Um, I've started playing in a band the last couple of years and it's, oh, cool. it's really different for me. What do you play? I play keyboards. Nice. Um, but music was a massive part of my life. I used to get told off for writing songs in lessons because unlike, unlike stories, Tunes don't stay in my head. Oh, so you have to get so them down pretty quickly. I have to write those down. If I've got a little bit of a tune, I wherever I was, oh, my music, cool. my my school books were covered in little five you know line staves that I'd handwritten with a few notes scribbled on it. Some of which, most of which, I would probably never use again. But if wow. if I've got a tune, yeah. that has to be written down. That doesn't stay. That's, well, that's wonderful. So and I, I loved it at the end of Jelly, where you suddenly have a you turn the page and you have one of Jelly's poems that's been turned into a song. Yes. Yeah. And you've got the music there, so yes. any any reader who wishes to can actually play can the song. Actually play the song. I, I just thought that was yeah. fantastic. I really, I've never seen that before. That's great. No, and it was really nice when I realised I could do that because I thought, yeah, I could put the song in the book and then I could include the sheet music. I really fantastic. enjoyed writing them. I was going through quite a difficult time personally when I wrote the book, and actually, I found writing the poems quite cathartic. But that's often the way, isn't it? That the, the, the best stuff 
works in a, n- a number of different levels. Yes. And as an artist, you are wearing you're wearing a mask. As a yes. as a writer, you're you're wearing a mask. You know, I, today I'm I'm at my desk writing this, but actually something else is happening yeah, inside you. And um, often the best thing, the things that in some way resonate with you, um, you're you're not just doing it because you've got a deadline in no. in, in two months. Oh, at some level, your story has to connect with with you. Um, yes, and you can't help spilling out some something of you into the book. Although I, you know, dispute this idea that all our characters are ourselves in September. I certainly hope all mine are my, <laughs> myself. <laughs> all kinds of terrible, <laughs> terrible things. But you, you, you do. You, it's, it's, it's Keats's negative capability, isn't it? It's the it's the uh, the ability to put yourself in another person's yes. head. Yes. Um, that's not the same thing. No. I mean, it, yes, you, you, it does help if you if if you bring something of your own experiences. Um, and it, we pick people. We pick characteristics from people as well. Yeah. Do you find that? So oh yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. someone talks in a certain way, and you go, "Oh, that's quite interesting." And then someone else says a particular phrase in a particular way, and you go, "Oh, that's that's not how I would have said it." And it sort of sticks with you. And, and then when you're creating a character, all these things just come in by themselves. And you don't even know where they come from a lot of the time. But it's all part of that, like that archive that you were talking yes. about. I think, yeah, I don't think I've ever, never sort of sat down and gone, oh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you, my friend. And put you wouldn't book. use a whole person. It doesn't, it doesn't work that no, way, no, does no. it? You, no. you don't know them well enough. And when you're writing, you, you start with a character and you, it's like meeting someone um, uh, for the first time, and you you think well, I, like, I like this person. They, they seem to be really sparky. Uh, I don't know much about you yet, but I'm going to I'm going to write my way into knowing who yes, you are. Yes. And then they, they start talking. And you think yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. You've got a bit of a quirk there, or you're a bit sad about this, or that's funny, or and then I love that. By the time and you get to the end, you yeah, you, you've you know discovered who they are. That, and again, that's to do with, with with planning, isn't it? Because yeah. you can't really plan fully because you don't yet know who that character no, is. No. Not 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 entirely. You'll have certain. Uh, sort of things you do know, I suppose. But and I love that. That's that for me is the magic of writing, and I love being surprised because sometimes you're writing a scene and your character suddenly says something that you've written, obviously, mm. but you go, "Oh, ooh, I hadn't thought of that," and it's just there, and that opens up a whole new avenue for you. That I mean, writing I consider really is just um, making thousands of tiny decisions all the way along. Mm. You know. This character, if you change the way a character says a line, that can lead it off in a different oh, way. It can, yeah. I mean, it's exhaust- that's why it's exhausting, I think, because you're constantly having to make tiny decisions, and which is why if you're really, really tired, or at least I, mm. I find, if I'm really exhausted, I just can't write, because I don't have the capacity to make all those decisions <laughs> about you know, who this character is going to be meeting, and are they going to be meeting at this location or that one, because that will yes. change the tenor yes. of the scene. You know, is it raining on this particular day? What's the weather? Like, all of those things have an impact on on a scene mm. and on the characters' personalities and how they feel at that moment in time. You know, the person who's arriving late, is it because they missed the bus or is it because they fell over or, you know, it's, yeah, it's God, very, it makes it, me exhausting just thinking about it. I know, it's a, very, it's a, very, it's a, really, it's a really strange thing, isn't it? When it at, at its best, I, I always feel like I'm, if, if I was writing, I don't know, a scene in my Lockwood & Co books where oh. I've got sort of three or four kids in a room or sitting around a kitchen table and they're having a conversation. Yeah. Um, and the, the best, the best sort of, those best sort of writing sessions are where I kind of feel like I'm in the room with yes, them. Yes, yes. 
So I'm in the room and I'll get them to, they'll say something, one of them says something, and then it's like I'm, like I'm a kind of camera or something. I'm, I'm moving around and I'm yeah. thinking, okay, now this guy's going to say something. Uh, yeah, that's quite good. Well, this one, mm, that didn't work. So I'll scrub that, move that, and you, you, you're constantly adjusting them. They're, yes. Like they're, like they're mannequins in a, in a, a stop, you know, claymation picture or something. You're just adjusting them and moving yes. them, reversing it, replaying it. Does that work? And you're, you're in with them, you're in yes. that, but you're in that room. And then suddenly you come out, you've been in there for an hour, yeah. and you, what, what is that the time? Missed lunch. You've missed lunch, or you, oh, I need to go to the toilet now. Yeah. Oh, crikey. Needed to go an hour ago, but still haven't managed to go. That's the best, isn't it? Yeah. Where, you, where you are, you are somewhere yes. else. Um, and you can't always have that, because it, no. often it's, you, you haven't got the mental um, wherewithal to actually yeah. dive in. And actually, that also, I find, is easier if you do it every day. I mean, if... Um, no, that's true. If you're, it's easier to get into that zone if you do it regularly. Um, if you have six weeks off for the summer, won't oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, one of your children's ill for a week and you don't get a chance to get to your desk, or even just having a couple of days away from halfway through a manuscript, it's really hard. And your brain goes, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it anymore. And you have to kind of wrestle yourself to get back to the to the... To the actual words. Well, it, it, it's, it's exercise, isn't it? it yeah. It's like it's like going for a run or yeah. or, or playing going football for a run or something. In your own head. Um, <laughs> you, you, if you do, yeah, if you do it, if you do it every day, yeah, um, rain or shine, it, it becomes second nature, yeah. and you can sit down and just get the, get the words start to come. And, yeah. um you have good days, you have bad days, but yeah. you still, I think, are are productive. It, doing it as a job is is very different from doing it on the side as a kind of hobby thing. Um, when it is your only source of income, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. which is why it's so important to go to schools as well, um, because not only does that bring in money, but it also connects you with more possible readers um, and helps you gauge the sort of things they're into and, and what they like, and, and there's nothing more rewarding than a kid coming up and going, oh, I loved your book! <laughs> Although I really love also the way kids are so honest. There was a kid who came up to have Library of Lemons signed with looking at the stars and lemons had only just come out i said oh this is the new one i hope you enjoy it he said yeah i've read it it wasn't as good as the other one (laughs) 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 and i like that you know that's fine because we can't love all books equally Um, that would be weird children or young readers are i think very honest and that's the way you 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 want it to be so when you get when you get a compliment you feel really good about it and when when you know it's meant sincerely oh yeah it's totally and i think also they I don't know. A lot of people, uh, a, lot, a lot of a lot of younger readers will not read it yeah. if if it isn't gripping them. Yes, they're they're quite happy to throw it away, which yeah. is which is quite correct. Yes, um, but I think adult readers maybe might persevere for longer, yeah. even if they they don't like it out of a sense of duty yes, or yes. you know sort of social acceptance. This is the book everyone's reading. It's it's on all the shortlists. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I must read it too because um, there must be something in it that everyone really likes that must speak to me as well. Except I'm halfway through and I'm really bored. Yeah, yeah. I I, I um uh, I I stopped doing that. You know, when I was about mid twenties, I tried reading uh, Foucault's Pendulum oh, by um, Umberto Eco. I laboured through it, and at the end of it, I moved away in in in, in fury. <laughs> it was all really just a series. It's a bit postmodern, and, yeah. and nothing really happened. And yeah. I thought, never again, never yeah. again, am I going to uh, persevere with a nine hundred page book if I'm not actually uh, I'm not enjoying even sure it. I would attempt a nine hundred page book. I don't think I've got the stamina or interest for that. It would no. have to be really amazing. I do think though, that, that as a writer, you know, my, my ideal book, the book that I would like to write, yes. the one that you could be most happy with, would be something like Of Mice and Men 
where it's about 110 it's pages. It's only got six chapters. That would be the idea, wouldn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece. Yes. It's really short. Yes. Uh, and so that everyone, it's accessible to everyone. I think there's real virtue in writing something that's accessible. I, um, yes, but I also think that the definition of accessible has changed over the years. I think yeah, now that's true. you have to have, I mean, off my cement, I can remember I taught it for six years when I was a teacher. I taught GCSE English and that was one of the set texts. Okay. So that's what I taught and I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fantastic story, but there is one female in it and she gets killed. Yeah, she does, yeah. So as a, as a female teacher teaching in a girl's school, you know, that, mm, how definitely. accessible was it? I don't know. I mean, they're, obviously they're really good characters, so you can get a lot out of it, whoever you are. But to be a, properly accessible, you've got to be massively diverse, I think, these days. Yeah, I, I guess I would always be thinking, I need to have a good representation, male yeah. and female. More and more, I suppose, I'd be, I'd be thinking, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, am I going to have different races? Am I going to have a different, what, what kind of um, orientation, sexual yeah. orientation? You know, these, are, these are questions which are slowly, even for me as a, you know, sort of ancient uh, white ancient male, white um, I'm, I'm beginning to, you know, think, uh, <laughs> Not at, least, at least be aware of. Yes. Um, and then, and then consciously, consciously you think, well, actually, no, it's right for me in this case to have that guy as a, as a, a, a white boy. Yes. That's fine, but at least I've justified, you have to, I've yes, thought about it. You need it. to have made um, the yeah, decision rather yeah. than just assuming, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think we have those responsibilities as writers yeah. to to yeah. choose our characters carefully. Yes, yeah, so, um, so you're making you're making little little movements in the right direction yeah. constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do find that it's important for me to I I try not to write too far out of my limitations. So most of my characters are white middle class. Um, we come from families who value learning, you know, have books around the house. Um, yeah. Families who, on the whole, are quite nice to each other, um, even if they have faults and problems. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I can't help but write some of my own perspective into those central characters. But equally, I do feel it's important that I surround those characters with... Mm. a more diverse mm. cast you know it needs to be a bigger world around them mm. than just that little slice of England <laughs> yeah yeah which is why I was really surprised when a library of lemons won the Tower Hamlets book award um, which is um, a part of London which is um, very um, very uh, has a very high level of um, Bangladesh and um, Somali immigrants yeah um, you know, sort of second or third generation a lot of the time. And the kids that, um, they, they all voted in that area. And I mean, oh, so, I, so it actually really, it really counts. I mean, when you, when yeah, you, when you I, win one like that, it's fantastic. I was isn't it? gobsmacked, really, because I looked out over this bunch of kids that looked nothing like me. Um, and they all went, yeah, we loved Library of Lemons. It was so nice. It all spoke to us about, you know, differences and making connections and trying to, you know, um, be strong and, um, and I just thought, wow, for, for all those kids in Tower Hamlets to find something in that book that spoke yeah. to them oh, that's fantastic. was amazing. I was really moved. It was lovely chatting with Joe who was far too polite to mention on tape the fact that I'd arrived about half an hour late at the little village, 
having got hopelessly lost in the English countryside. Next podcast, I promise I'll be on time. Thank you very much for listening.